0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's Morning Bible Study. We are in Genesis chapter 37. What does that mean? We're dealing with Joseph and we're dealing with Joseph's life and uh, he sets off his life in a stormy fashion with his brothers he has already told them the dream of the sheaves and he's and uh, and they have asked the question are you gonna rule over us and the answer to that question actually is yes that was not a wrong dream it was from God and the answer was is yes he will rule over them and they will bow down they'll come to him and bow down and that was actually true we talked about yesterday a little bit about dreams and visions and about the gifts and understanding the importance of those things and understand having a little bit of perspective on them and allowing God to be at work in them and not allow them to become the most important thing so many times in our in our lives and in our Christian walk we want to be found worthy. We want to be found somebody who is, who's godly. We want to be identified with. We do. And uh, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. That's uh, exactly what God wants. He wants us to, to be Christians, which, which means the followers of Christ. We he wants us to be like uh, Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely great. That being said, oftentimes we feel like that our gift is what makes us like Christ. And uh, so we get so caught up in our giftedness. And so desirous of everybody affirming our giftedness. And let me tell you something. I, as much as anybody can identify with that, we want people to recognize that we're gifted and recognize that we do certain things really well in the kingdom. And boy, we just, in in many ways, it is just a straight up hunger for it. It is a hungry desire to do that. And in the midst of it, as we're hungry for it, as we're wanting it to happen, (coughs) excuse me, as we hunger for it and as we want that to happen we get focused on the gift and the truth is that's not what makes us godly what makes us godly is the change in our character and our nature the saving of our souls the sanctification of who we are that's what makes us good godly that's what is admirable that's what something that's what is proper and the way god wants us to be and so the gifts are just a manifestation of the spirit's work in our lives through faith. And that is what it is. That it's just a manifestation of God's work in our life through faith. And so we don't want to, as we're chasing after God, as we're searching after God, we don't want, we don't want to get focused on the gifts and lose focus on becoming like God, who is the giver of those gifts. And they're all good and perfect and pleasing gifts. Well, apparently. God had given Joseph a couple of dreams. Now, usually dreams usually are for you personally. They're they're God's revealing to you. And in the revelation process or in the revelatory process of the scriptures, dreams are the lowest form. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday in that dreams, they are from God. Oftentimes they're very personal in Scripture. you'll see that many times they are personal about the person that's having the dream. We see that with we see that with Joseph here. We obviously saw that with Jacob and the latter and also Jacob when he met with God at Bethel. We see that the dreams many times when you have a dream it's for you personally and it's for your own understanding and edification of what God's doing in your life. And as we talked about yesterday, many times those things are not out there for public consumption. And I'd say to you, unless God tells you to put them out there for public consumption, don't do it. Allow God to reveal himself in those dreams and hold them to yourself until God tells you to tell someone or tells you to let someone know what God was showing you, and once you see that and God has opened that door, he may even be using that person to help you understand what he's doing in the midst of the dream that you're dreaming. and I would say that's definitely something that you need to do as far as dreams are concerned. Now the second level or the if we're going to just go in levels of God revel- re- revealing himself in this situation or I guess in this, in these ways, is the vision and uh, having a vision from God, something that's going to happen down the road. And we see the prophets, many of the prophets, having these visions. And these visions, one of the prophets that I love, love, love to study is the prophet Daniel. But you'll see it in all the major prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, that God reveals to them a vision. And that is where they go into a static or they have their eyes Opened up to what would be the spiritual and they see something that most of the time is has spiritual meaning. It most of the time, those visions that they have are those visions that they have have symbology involved in it. There's a lot of symbolism and there's a lot of understanding that has to be meted out and gained by that. And that's oftentimes very difficult for those things to really. For us to really understand them and get them. You see, you, in many ways, people will say that um, that John's revelation is a vision. I actually don't believe that's a vision because I think he presents himself as he's actually there. Some of the things he says are visions, but most of the things that he says he's actually interacting with uh, the participants or at least the spiritual beings that the angels that are are dealing with that or even some of the elders that are there and in some ways it's a vision in some ways he's actually on scene and seeing it seeing it with his own eyes from his own perspective which is limited and trying to explain or trying to tell you what he saw so obviously visions are greater than dreams in the sense of being prophetic and obviously being something that will show us the future so many people want in this, they want to have visions. They just want to continue. They want to have all kinds of visions. I would be, I'd be leery of that. What I'd say to you is, if God wants to give you a vision, then that's His business. Let Him do it. Otherwise, you be busy in the work of the Spirit, which is loving God, loving your neighbor as yourself, and loving each other. Using the gifts God's given you that build and edify the church, and allow the visions and those things that are the are in that realm to come if that's what God wants to happen. Also, when you have a vision and you tell people that vision needs to be from God, and by the way, that you are definitely operating in the prophetic, and if you say, I had a vision from the Lord, you're in many ways saying, thus saith the Lord, and if you're saying that, and anything in that vision is wrong, that's not from God, and it's pretty straightforward that's not from God. It's straightforward, it is, it's, and it's a problem. When that happens, a lot of times believers get all caught up in in visions and dreams and things like that, and what they're seeing turns out not to happen. And uh, I would say if you're dealing with someone who said they have a vision and they'll tell you what the future is going to be, thus saith the Lord, God said this is going to happen. I believe this is from God. And it doesn't happen. I would say to you, don't act like that they're, that they're going to hell. Maybe they're struggling trying to figure out how, to, how this is done or done right. But I would say to you, not don't listen to them. That, that's not a path I go down. In, in as stark a way as I could possibly say it, I shut the door on those folks. I don't. If somebody says, thus saith the Lord, this is going to happen in three months, six months, nine months, a year, two years. And what they say does not happen, then I stop listening to them. Period close the book, shut it down, not listening to them anymore. Why? Because they're not, They're where they're getting their information is either from one of two sources. It's either from themselves or from the enemy. And I really don't want to hear from themselves or the enemy. Whoever themselves are, I don't want to hear from them. Whoever they be, I don't want to hear from them. And the reason is because it, it can it is a distraction and it is for the purpose of causing confusion. And it is sowing seeds of confusion in the kingdom. And that is just not right. Now, the third and highest form of God's revelation is personal revelation, him actually coming and speaking face to face with you. And we see that, we see that all through scripture. In fact, that's a, how did he reveal himself to Adam and Eve? We walked with them in the garden. How did he reveal himself to Moses? Moses went up and saw God face to face. In fact, God admonished Miriam. And Aaron, when they were murmuring against Moses because he took a Cushite wife, and what God said to them is, to most men I speak to them in visions and dreams. Notice the other two he's mentioning there, and then he's going to tell them the highest form of revelation is, but to Moses I speak face-to-face. What he's saying is is that personal face-to-face revelation is the most important type of revelation. It's the real revelation of God. And uh, it's the powerful revelation of God. Now, I'm not saying the other ones aren't, but I'm talking about those, you know what God means and you know what he's saying. And that with Joshua meeting the commander of the Lord's host, that with Abraham and uh, the angels coming to him, you see that vision that that Jacob has. And then the angel comes down out of the vision and actually wrestles with him personally, face to face. That it just continually over and over again happens in scripture until we get to the actual unveiling of the incarnate God, and that's Jesus Christ, Jesus come in the flesh, and he deals with his disciples face-to-face. He talks with them face-to-face, and even after his ascension, he deals with the apostle Paul face-to-face. He comes and talks to him. uh, uh, The Bible says that he had a vision of Jesus, but when you have a vision of Jesus and Jesus is talking to you face-to-face, that's not a vision. That's you are dealing with God personally one-on-one. And those situations are important to identify. Okay, I had this dream. Dream is probably going to be very personal. I had this vision. All right, now be careful. Make sure this is from God. And then I hear from God face to face. And that is, that is, primarily in the New Testament. And you go, why don't God come down and send Jesus and talk to me face to face now? There's a reason for it. And that that is is because we've got the complete word of God before us. He can speak to you through his word, which is what he's always wanted to do. He can speak to you through the life of his son and how that has manifest itself in his revelation to you through his word. And this necessity of him coming and speaking to you face to face is not there anymore. And the reason it's not there anymore is because you have his word, you have his Holy Spirit, you got a brand new human spirit conceived in you and and the new birth, and you have all that you need to become mature, all that you need to become knowledgeable, all that you need for God to reveal all of his will and his nature to you, and all that you need to operate in full faith and the need for a personal visit from Jesus it's not necessary until he comes back to set everything right. And so many times say I, people say, I saw Jesus, I... Jesus came to me in a dream. Jesus came. Maybe I, I try not to be negative about those things about people, and I try not to be dismissive of those things. They're important to sometimes in people's walk for them to figure those things out. That being said, they can be very dangerous for you. And if you are, if you're having a vision and it any moves away from God's word, it's not from God. And so we have these dreams that that jo- that Joseph is having, and he keeps telling his family these dreams and the result of him telling his family these dreams is not a positive result in fact it's a very negative result and you can see how the revealing of a dream to family members although in the end they come true and although the end in the end they were from god and the reveal just openly telling everybody all your business before god maybe god told joseph to tell his family but it doesn't say that in scripture we can't surmise that from what is said here but it causes division in the family and let me tell you something these gifts and these these ways of God revealing himself can be very divisive among believers and they can be very divisive in the church and oftentimes it tears things up if it's not done biblically if it's not done from a biblical perspective and he said then he dreamed verse 9 of chapter 37 then he dreamed still another dream and he told it to his brothers and said now, now notice he had another dream And it's the dream. Both dreams are going to be in line with each other. Absolutely had a dream from God. Absolutely. They're prophetic. Absolutely. They come to pass that all that's the case. But maybe if we look in here and think about it, maybe the way he's presenting it because he's young, maybe it's because he doesn't understand. Maybe because maybe it's because God told him that way. But the results told him to do it, but the results are not favorable. They don't bring about love. They don't bring about power. They don't grow anybody. It's just a constant struggle. He says, then he dreams still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And at this time, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to me. That's clearly his father, his mother, and the, his 11 brothers. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept this matter in mind. Why? Because he believed it was from God, obviously, and it was from God. It's going to turn out that absolutely all these things are exactly what happens. He is going to be second in the kingdom of Egypt, and all that is going to happen in these dreams comes about. But the question i have is for what purpose and should he have told his brothers and these things when we're dealing with it i'm not identifying how and what why you do what you do or how you see what in what god does in people's lives i have grown i used to want to have control of that and tell people exactly how it's supposed to be and oftentimes i figured out in life that's not how to do it first of all i don't know all that god's going to do i'm not the arbiter of all his truth And so oftentimes my my desire to tell people how to live was telling them how I wanted them to live, not how God wanted them to live. I've quit, I've tried my best to quit doing that. That being said, I would tell you that you need to treat these things as very valuable, very important, but you need to treat them very confidentially until God tells you definitely what to do with them. And he, I think the best person for him to have revealed this to, clearly from scripture in how people reacted to it and whether or not it actually brought about God's purposes is I would say to you that he probably should have told it to his father because notice what did his father say he questioned it but he also kept it in mind he questioned it but then he said maybe this is from God his father's actually dealt with God his father's actually met with God face to face. his father actually is a mature man in the faith and he says and it says and he kept the matter to himself. He kept it in mind. What he's saying is he figured, okay, maybe Joseph is hearing from God and maybe I need to be reminded of that and keep that in mind as I act and operate down the road because I might see this begin to come to pass and I might need to follow after it because it's a true vision or a true dream that my son had from God. And you know what? Mature believers usually do that. They keep those things in mind. They don't try to force the vision and dreams to come about. And that ultimately is really the end of what I would say to you today is people who get to or seek after visions and dreams from God. Maybe seeking after really good things. If you said, I want to hear from God and I want him to send me all the ways I could hear from him and I want to have visions and I want to dream and I want to hear, I want to hear from him face to face and I want the Holy Spirit to speak to me and I want to study God's word and I want to hear from all of God's people. And you say, I'm just hungry after it. I want to just eat all of it I can. I would say to you, well, fabulous. If God's given you that kind of appetite for his word, fill up, eat, go, get after it. That being said, oftentimes what they do is they get a vision or they get a dream. And you know what they immediately start doing? They immediately start working toward making that vision and dream happen so that they can justify their desire to know and hear all these visions and dreams. And so they're actively trying to work to make a vision or dream happen. And that is, it's a logical fallacy. It gets you out of line with God. If God gave me a vision, of dream, what he was doing, do I really need to help him in doing that? If he already knows what's going to happen, and then he's able to reveal exactly what was going to happen to me, does he really need me to make it happen? And the answer is no. He's not revealing it for the purpose of telling me to make his vision for the world happen. He's revealing it so that I might know him and understand his work in the world as I watch him do that work. And so do I need to force the book of Ezekiel or the book of Daniel or the book of the revelation, do I need to force the second Thessalonians to be come about in the world? Do I need to be actively at work trying to make that happen? Do I need to be actively at work trying to make Israel build a temple on the Temple Mount? Or do I need to be actively at work trying to force God to bring about the 144,000 Jewish preachers that he's going to anoint and call out during the tribulation? Do I need to be actively forcing that to happen? No! I don't need to be actively forcing it to happen. I need to be following after God in my daily walk. I need to be living by the spirit. I need to be loving my neighbor and loving God and loving each other as he loved us and being self-sacrificial with who I am and who my life is. I need to be doing that. And if God uses that to bring about his purposes in some vision or dream or prophecy that we know has happened, or maybe has been given to somebody that is a contemporary of ours, great, fabulous but I don't have to make God's visions and dreams happen. The reason he gave them to you is he's telling you, I know what's going to happen. I'm showing you something about how it's going to happen. And when it happens, I want you to glorify me because I am proving to you that I'm a God who's sovereign over not only what I've created, but I'm sovereign over time and space and I know how things are going to happen. That's why I gave it to you. And uh, you don't have to force it to take place. And if you have, if you meet with God, like the prophet Isaiah, and he says, who shall we send? And you say, send me. And God says, he's going to He's gonna send you. If that's the case, if that's how it's going to happen for you, wonderful, fabulous. God's sending you to go do something. But until that happens, you ponder these things as Mary did when she was revealed by God. And she, her revelation was face to face too. The angels came and spoke to her face to face. She pondered those things in her heart and especially the things that Jesus said and allowed them to manifest themselves in due season and due time. And even she didn't do it perfectly because at one point in time, she thought her son had gone mad. She took her brother, his brothers and tried to go get him and he hadn't gone mad. And so oftentimes we can get totally out of line and you chasing after a vision or a dream and trying to make that happen rather than trying to be the embodiment of God's word and his and His revelation to you each and every day is, well, it's a distraction. And oftentimes it can be a destructive distraction. And you say that three times in a row. And if you can do that, well, you're a better linguist than I am. Destructive distraction, destructive distraction, destructive distraction. Do I really want those things to be happening in my life? No, I don't. I don't want those things to be happening in my life. I want God to be at work in my life. I want him to be revealing everything he can to me, but I want to be obedient and faithful to what I know to be his word primarily and firstly, and that is the full revelation of his son. I pray that'll be the case for you. I expect it will be the case for you.